hope, peace, love, and joy. And tonight, we lit that center flame, the Christ candle, and that's what we focus on. We're going to focus on the flame itself and what it represents, what the the light at the top of each candle represents for us. And so tonight, I'm going to just read a a little bit of our passage, and then I'm going to pray, and we're going to get into it. And I want to just kind of uh, give you a little heads up up front, um, because it's about light, we're going to talk about darkness for a while. So if you're thinking, oh, this is going to be depressing, it might be, but we're going to come out of it, and there's a funny video at the end, and then a cute video at the end. So we can all hang in there? Okay. All right, great. So our text tonight is Isaiah from, comes from Isaiah chapter 9. This is a, a, a verse that may be familiar to you. It is a kind of a common uh, Christmas reading and one that Jesus actually used to talk about himself. And so it starts this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. It says that the people walked in darkness and they have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. And then in verse 6 it says, for, us, for, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Let's pray together this evening. Father God, thank you so much for this night that you've given us. I thank you for every person that is gathered here in this room, and I thank you for uh, just this special sweet time to focus on the birth of your son to celebrate and rejoice. God, we thank you for the light that has come into this dark world. We thank you for the gift that he is. In his name we pray, amen. Okay, so you've made it. You've made it to Christmas. You made it through another year. You're still here. You're still breathing for the most part. Everything is ready, I'm assuming, because it's 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve. Plans made, gifts purchased, maybe the last Amazon package is hopefully on its way. It may not be perfect, but you've made it. The Advent season may not have gone exactly as you were hoping, but here we are. And as we were uh, going through this Advent season, this, this line from the song that the kids just, uh, just did, this uh, O Holy Night, this line, A Weary World Rejoices, really became uh, something to hold on to this month as we've been walking through the different parts of Advent. And for some of us, Christmas can really be a difficult or dark time of year. It is literally the darkest time of the year, the coldest with the shortest days. It is a reminder of the weary in that line. It is a reminder of the darkness in the world. It is a reminder of the problem that we all face, the problem that we all know, that this world is darkness. And it was into a dark world that Jesus was born. Isaiah mentions the darkness. He says, the people walked in darkness. And when we see that, we see that word in the Bible, it is referring to a couple of different things. So it can refer to sin and evil and suffering, trials, difficulty. Isaiah wrote this prophetic word about a people who would be in exile. And of course, then and at the time of Jesus' birth, There was violence, injustice, abuse of power, families fleeing oppression, and families that were ripped apart. Great grief and death all around. We need only to think of that that, that time when Jesus was born, when King Herod, the leader in the region, wanted to kill all of the baby boys because he was afraid. 
In some ways, the darkness that we see in Scripture is reflected in our world today. So in some ways, we see that darkness around us. It sounds like what we see on the news. It sounds like the things that we may be facing. We see this. Many of you have experienced maybe grief or anxiety or suffering or difficulties this year. And as the song says, in sin and error, pining. This world can be a dark place. And darkness is not just sin and evil, but it's also ignorance. In John 1, 9 and 10, it says this, that the true light, that is Jesus, that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. The world could not recognize its Savior because of the darkness. We were stumbling around, unable to find our way. And this is part of the problem, that no one knows a cure or a solution to such darkness on our own. We cannot fix the brokenness we see in our lives or in the world. We cannot light up the world on our own. In short, part of the message of Christmas is that we cannot save ourselves. And it's interesting, this text that I read from Isaiah, it says that the people walked in darkness and a light shone on them. It's the beginning of Isaiah 9, and we get that famous Christmas verse, for unto us a child is born. But right before, at the end of chapter 8, it says this, that they will pass through the land, greatly distressed and hungry, and they will look to the earth, but behold, only distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will, th- they will be thrust into thick darkness." It says that they were looking to the earth for their saving. They looked toward earthly and human resources for a light to shine, and there was no help to be found. It says in another verse right before that that they went to mediums and magicians to try and solve their problems, and nothing could do it. There was no cure. They could not help help themselves. And this is this reminder that the world is broken and we cannot save ourselves. You know, the Christmas season is this time each year for family and giving and for parties and cookies and for decorations and high spirits, but it can also be a time of reflection, reflecting on Christmas's past, on the year that has gone by, the year that is soon to end, and in the midst of this sentimentality and nostalgia, many of us, I think, think about painful memories, experiences over the past years, maybe the darkness that we've faced, and we look forward. We look forward to the hope of the new year to come. This year may have been dark and difficult, but Christmas offers this fleeting reprieve, and we might think to ourselves, next year is going to be different. Next year will be better. I'm going to follow through on my resolutions. Not going to happen. I'm going to improve my situation because nothing can be worse than what I've come through. And in this season, as the days are dark and cold... There's this great temptation we face during Christmas, and I think this temptation is greater than the temptation of materialism, worse than the draw of overindulgence and gluttony because of those Christmas cookies. But the temptation to look forward and place our hope in the new year to come, place our hope in our own ability to make a better way for ourselves, to will ourselves better circumstances, to create for ourselves a solution for this darkness. It is a subtle temptation, but it can be destructive because it takes our eyes off of the true light in the darkness. Christmas instead asks something harder, yet ultimately more rewarding from us. Christmas has us, during the darkest time of the year, look for light not in our own ability or strength, 
but to the meek and mild birth of our Savior. We should not be tempted to put our hope in an unknown future, but instead put our hope in the certainty of Jesus Christ born for us. And think of the people of Jesus' day. They were in darkness, surrounded by it, and to them, God had been silent for 400 years. It had been 400 years since God had last spoken through the prophet Malachi. 400 years of nothing, of waiting for hope, waiting for a solution, waiting for light in the darkness. Is that you tonight? Is that you after this year? Do you feel far from God? Do you feel as, this, as though he doesn't hear your prayers? Do you feel as though he's been distant? This was the state of the world when Jesus burst onto the scene. And this, indeed, is the solution. Our strength is not in ourselves or anything that we can find in this earth, but instead it was a light breaking on the dawn. The song goes on to say, A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. John 1 says that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The baby born a savior was the light of all mankind. This light is the source of life. It shines against all darkness, revealing our mess, but also bringing grace and healing and beauty and warmth. And this light will not be overcome. So think for a second, when you go home tonight, it's dark outside. When you go home tonight, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get to your house? you're probably going to turn the lights on. And I know you're going to turn your lights on because all you dads out there made sure the lights were off. Or you've got them all programmed. Okay. It's the first thing you're going to do when you enter a room. You need to turn a light on so you can see what you're doing. And I would say, imagine that we're all in a room with lights, except here we are in a room with lights. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to bring the lights down. So just think for a second. So we're all on the same page. We're going to turn the lights way down, all the way off. As off as we can make it. Okay. Actually, I need to be able to see. Okay. <laughs> Didn't think about that. So the lights are off. This is some darkness. Don't turn on the candles yet. That's for the last song. Now, go ahead, Ken. Turn the lights back on. Okay. Did you see that? The lights came back on. Did you see the fight? Was there a fight? Was it hard for the lights to light up the room? Was there much of a battle? No. The outcome was pretty certain. When you go home tonight and you turn on the lights in your house, you're not going to stand there expecting a fight between the light and the dark. You don't stand there hoping, oh gosh, I really hope the lights turn on so I can cook dinner. You're going to trust that when you flick that switch, the light is going to come on and the darkness is going to flee immediately. Now, as soon as we factor in other things like PG&E, <laughs> the illustration gets breaks up a little bit. <laughs> the right crowd for that one. <laughs> uh, but no, the outcome is certain. The victory is already won. The light will always overcome. And so on Christmas, the light for all mankind makes its approach. The light of the world has come and dwelt with us. Literally, Jesus came and moved into the neighborhood. And because of his birth that we celebrate, we can also celebrate his death and resurrection. This song that we just sang, Cradle and Cross. That we may receive grace and have light. That we may be comforted by the light, cleansed by it, guided by it.
that it would, be, that it would come into every aspect of our lives, every relationship, every, everything that we do, and it would shine brightly. And it's interesting, it says in Matthew chapter 27, Jesus is on the cross, because that's where all of this head, is headed. That's, that's why we celebrate Christmas, is because we're headed to the cross. Jesus is on the cross, and it says this in Matthew chapter 27, that there was darkness over the land. You see, at the beginning of his life, Jesus was born, and here, behold, the light of the world. And at the end of his life, darkness had overcome, or so it seemed. It was over the land. The light himself, though, descended into darkness. He descended into the ultimate darkness, which is death, to overcome it and then call each one of us into his marvelous light for all eternity. Our hope is not in presents under the tree, decorations, New Year's resolutions, or the new year to come, our hope is in the light that has come and will come again and is always victorious. And so we have seen the problem. The problem is darkness. We see the solution, a great and glorious light that is our Savior born on Christmas. So we ask this question tonight. How do we respond? We respond by receiving the gift. We respond... By saying yes, by turning the light on in our lives. The darkness cannot overcome this light, but still we have to flip the switch and accept Jesus for who he is, accept our situation, our need for him, and receive it freely, this gift of grace. The song goes on, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Though we were in darkness, Jesus' birth changed everything. He brought light with him and meaning, and we find in him our purpose and our identity and ultimately our worth. Because God demonstrates his love for us in this way that he sent his son to be born and to die for us. That's how great, that's how much, that's how much worth you have to God, that he would send his son to be born and to die. We do not find our value in, any, in anything else. I mean, think about uh, this great classic Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Clark Griswold, one of the junior hires last week, we were doing favorite Christmas characters, and we got to him and he said that his favorite Christmas character was Mr. Lampoon. <laughs> not his name. Okay, well, if you, okay, that's a funny joke, okay? <laughs> I promise. The, the title of the movie is National Lampoon's Christmas. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways, Clark Griswold, his whole identity and purpose and worth is to be the dad of this family and create the perfect Christmas. And every single thing that could go wrong goes wrong and then some. And the whole movie is hilarious and a series of Christmas disasters. But it is funny and it is disastrous because he found his worth not in something beyond himself, but in his own strength and will and ability to do something, to create this perfect experience. So when the squirrel or whatever comes out of your Christmas tree, just remember that that's not where we find our worth. The soul finds its worth in nothing but knowing that God sent the Son for us. Look at what God did for you. He lowered himself into this mess, into this darkness, 
The soul felt its worth when Jesus appeared to be with us. And as soon as Jesus comes onto the scene, there it is, our purpose, our identity. He values us so much that he became a man to walk with us and talk with us and to save us. Though this world is lays in sin and error, pining and pleading for more, we can find our worth in Jesus Christ. Even though life can be unimaginably difficult, remember that God still sent his son for you. God cherishes you. So we're invited to cherish him and cherish his son at Christmas. And what a thrill. And though we may be weary, though we may be dealing with the darkness and we still are in this world, we can still rejoice. We can rejoice for that is what we can do at Christmas. Rejoice knowing that what God did for us is enough. That what God did for us is the solution that we could not find on our own. That we could be healed, that we could be guided and comforted, and that we could see his beauty. So how do you respond to the glorious good news of Jesus this Christmas? Do you respond with joy? I think of a child on Christmas morning. The joy of that Christmas morning. So I'm going to show a a video clip in a second. Told you, funny one. I hope it's funny. And I'm going to preface this by saying this is not a video of me. Okay? It's not a video of me, but... My mother is here, and she could vouch for it. There's probably a video of me that is essentially this. Some Christmas morning in the 90s when I got my Nintendo 64. So uh, we're going to watch a few seconds of this. Watch, though, for the joy in this kid. Oh, we, got, we need to, we got to have sound. <laughs> That was me, right, Mom? Yeah, yeah. That is not me, but it could have been. Joy or mania? I don't know. And then this other, this next video I'm going to show in a second. This is actually a video of my son. And I, I wanted to show that, the, the N64 one, because it's funny. But uh, so Enoch, you know, Enoch, our son, he's five, and he still lives in Africa with, with my wife. And uh, Megan's been doing uh, Advent gifts. Uh, all month with him. So he gets a little gift. It's 5.30 in the morning. Mama, I'm ready for my gift. And then he opens it, and it's like uh, post-it notes the other day. And he's like, what's this? Like, sorry. There's there's 25. There's going to be some duds. But then he figured out he could stick them on things. And that was, whew. Um, One morning, it was Band-Aids. Also super disappointed until he thought, this could be a ninja costume. And I, if you're sitting there wondering how Band-Aids could be a ninja costume, me too. But one morning, she, uh, it was his biggest gift, and he opened it up, and it was a strand of Christmas lights. And this is a kid, he's never been to America, he's never been to a Christmas here in the United States, never seen, they ha- uh, to answer the question, do they know it's Christmas time at all? Yeah, they do. That is also a joke that is funny for a few of you. A weird song, Okay. So, so Enoch opened up these Christmas lights, and he's like not sure what they are. And you're going to see at the beginning of the video is him just kind of, oh, this is nice, this is nice. And then it's going to cut to him turning on the lights for the first time. Remember, this is the reaction to the light. 
So this is it. Here's my son. He's adorable. And we just turn that one up so we can hear him. This is great. At least, what? It's Christmas, so, and Christmas, without Christmas lights, it wouldn't be Christmas. It was 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> but I love the reaction to the light. What joy. What rejoicing. And so we're invited this Christmas to respond to the light of the world. And though we may be weary, though we are still in this dark and difficult world we're still we can still respond with joy the angels appeared to the shepherds and they brought good news of great joy and they were singing and putting on a spectacle in the skies for the savior had been born the one that i always come to is when jesus had, jesus was an adult his cousin, John the Baptist, was doing his ministry. And this is John chapter 1. John sees Jesus, his cousin, and he stops everything. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world. Behold, the light of all mankind. Stop what you're doing and look. He is here. The Lamb of God has come to be a light for all of us, to take away our sins, that we can rest in him. And so tonight, I was thinking about these, these, each of these words, what the light of Jesus means, that we are invited to wait in the hope of knowing him. We're invited to rest in the peace that is beyond understanding. We're invited to receive the love of a father and share it with others. And we are finally, we're invited to respond rejoicing because of who he is. And so my encouragement and prayer for you all is that sometime in this holiday, we could, re we could reflect on the joy of knowing him. And my prayer for you, for those of you that know Jesus it's that psalm that says that he would restore in us the joy of our salvation. And if you don't know Jesus, it's an invitation to turn on that light switch and say yes and receive this gift. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the joy of knowing you. Thank you for sending your son as a light a light that lights up the darkness, that drives it away, that will never be overcome. God, I pray, I pray that psalm for each one of us in this room, that you would restore in us the joy of your salvation. That this Christmas, that we would be able to enjoy this time with family and celebrating, but also really find that joy, though we may be weak and weary, find that joy of knowing you, that we've been saved by you. God, we thank you for your great love for us.
peace that you offer each of us, the hope of knowing your son. We pray these things in his name.